Welcome to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Today, we'll show you how to use the spirit of love and self worth to improve the connections with everyone else in your life. This program is your weekly gift, and it will keep on giving. You'll see. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Well, hello. Hello and welcome, everyone. I hope you are all faring well. I'm your host, Dr. Jean Marie, and I am just delighted for you to join us live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, shining love light into your hearts and homes to empower your life with love. You know, knowledge is empowerment, and guests join me from around the world to share insights and wisdom to inspire action and transformational change. And we have a great show today, Creating Psychological Safety in the Workplace with our amazing guest and expert, Monique Denal. You know, over the course of a lifetime, the average person spends one-third of their time at work. Therefore, where we spend so much time should make us feel emotionally safe. In Maslow's hierarchy of needs, safety that encompasses emotional, personal, and intellectual security, and love and belonging encompassing friendship and a sense of connection are two of the five basic motivational needs. So, what does a psychologically safe workplace look like and feel like? How does it show up with the team? And what is the impact on leadership, workers, and customers? And our amazing guest, Monique Denault, she will shed light on these questions and so much more. Founder of MD Consulting, Build Better Leaders Worldwide, seasoned executive coach and human resource professional who contributes over three decades of corporate experience. She's combined her corporate knowledge, business startup experience, and best practices to help individuals break down barriers in the workplace. And we need that. Monique has the unique ability to build immediate trust and quickly get individuals into alignment with their true values and desired direction. She's the contributing author to Ophelia's Mom and Business Handbook, How to Win and Keep Clients. Monique has a strong intuition and coupled with active listening skills, guides business people to solve their core pain points to be more influential and have a higher impact on their bottom line. So now I am just delighted to welcome Monique to our show. Welcome, Monique. Hello, Jean. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for such an amazing introduction. Well, you are an expert, and today we're going to learn a lot about the workplace and these issues that are facing uh, us, well, I guess long uh, over the course of time. But now, uh, you know, since we've gone through a lot of challenges and changes, but before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself and what inspired your work in this area. I entered the corporate world at age 22. I was a single parent. I came from a background of trauma myself as a young person, as a child. So when I went into the workplace, I immediately saw dysfunction. 
And at that point, I hadn't yet resolved my own trauma. So being in a dysfunctional work environment triggered me. And I spent years trying to fit in and accept that kind of behavior in the workplace. And it just wasn't working for me. I, I struggled in the workplace. I had trouble aligning my values with the company values. I was never happy in a job. So the longer I worked there, I worked my way up into management. But in doing so, I discovered coaching, executive coaching. And I realized that that was a really good fit for me, that that was a way that I could empower people who were in leadership positions, people who were also triggered by the trauma in the workplace and the dysfunctional workplace, and also leaders who were the ones that were contributing to the dysfunction. I felt that I could use my own skills and my own background to help these people as a, as a coach. So I became trained and accredited as a coach over 25 years ago. And during that process, I started my own healing journey. I discovered that my trauma from childhood actually gave me the superpower of transformation, not only being able to transform myself, but to transform others through coaching. So I decided to leave the corporate world and work as an external coach to leaders who were still in that environment and trying to navigate it. So, you know. so really they have a goal of transforming themselves and my goal for them is to help them transform and then to help them transfer those skills to their day-to-day work life. So that's really how it all came about for me. Wow. Monique, that's absolutely wonderful. You found your niche and it's 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 true how the things we go through and overcome, we can use that uh, to heal ourselves and our own ex- experiences and encounters and use that toward helping heal others and become more authentic as we serve. So here you are decades later, you know, helping leaders, uh, a trauma coach. And that is so amazing because I think a lot of these uh, things that we go through, we, we, you're, not, you're not even aware. And what you said earlier about being triggered, you know, in the workplace, because here we are, we spend the bulk of our time in the workplace, and we deal with a lot of people and conflict. So what do you see as common workplace issues and barriers, and how would you describe a toxic workplace as we move into what is psychologically safe? I consider toxic environments to be environments that are filled with what I call micro-traumas. And these are things that can be very subtle or very obvious, but there are things like controlling bosses, Mm. being forced to jump through hoops to get a promotion, passive-aggressive behavior by peers or, or other coworkers, Withholding feedback, when a manager withholds feedback from a direct report, I consider that a microtrauma. Gaslighting, undermining. Mm -hmm. And and all of that is part of a lack of psychological safety. So that is what 
what I consider to be toxic. And a lot of people think, well, if it's not outright abuse in the workplace, then it's, it's not considered toxic. But that's not the case. There are these little subtle behaviors that happen. And when they happen over and over again, they, they add up. And so the micro traumas can add up into the larger traumas creating these toxic environments. Wow, that is really important. And I know for myself, you know, I had to make empowering choices to actually leave jobs upon the realization that my skills couldn't be utilized in that work uh, workplace uh, with, you know, because of the, the, the leadership issues. And of course, as you indicated, you know, if we're in these toxic work environments, it can trigger us as well. You know, and you you mentioned what we hear a lot about gaslighting and, and over, mm-hmm. uh, what do you say, undermining. These are so critical in the workplace. So do you see any differences as a result of COVID, you know, because what we, we've had just the normal issues. But what about since COVID? Anything, any prominent issues surface? I think people are more fearful just because of the the state of the environment now, I think they are definitely the dynamics in the workplace has changed just because of people working from home and then now the hybrid work environments, reentry back into the work environments. There's a lot of ambiguity. There's a lot of unknowns and unknowns can trigger people because we, we all kind of like to be in control of our situation and of our environment. So the lack of control, the ambiguity can trigger fear and fear can trigger a lot of things in a lot of people. So there, there can be additional behaviors that, that pop up. And with people working from home, what I noticed when COVID first hit and everyone was sent home, the leaders I was working with did not know how to lead when their people were not in the office. Mm, They suddenly felt a horrible loss of control because they couldn't see their people. Hmm. And they started really having tremendous anxiety about that. And I was hearing things in sessions like, I don't really know if my people are working. I have no idea what they're doing at home because I I can't see them. How do I know Mm, that things are really going? So a lot of that had to be dealt with in coaching, because there are ways to know if the work is getting done. I mean, if deliverables aren't happening, if deadline dates aren't being met, you know the work is not being done. So I had to do a lot of reality checks with them, you know, and, and really asking them, how do you know that this project got done? And they would have to really think, okay, it was turned in on time. Everybody mm-hmm. showed up for the meeting. Yes. You know, a lot of really basic questions to separate from them what the truth is and what was actually the story that they were telling themselves in their head. Mm, that is so interesting about the control because leaders uh, want to have that sense of control. And if you have that excessively, I can see why, you know, having uh, workers at home not being a- able to see them when you can kind of walk into their office or observe. And now you're faced with mm-hmm. these issues. I really uh, am glad that you're bringing that up because, you know, even if, you, if you're a person who wants to have more control and you might not even be aware of how you're coming across to others because, Monique, doesn't that 
have an impact on workers? Yes, because workers felt micromanaged, even Mm. from a leader that wouldn't normally micromanage. They suddenly felt that the leader was being very intrusive, trying to constantly text them and ask questions. And if they didn't get an immediate response, the leader thought they might be off doing laundry or something. And normally, maybe that leader would not need such constant contact. So it really put a great deal of stress and anxiety then on the employees. And the employees started feeling like they needed to be available 24-7. They needed to be answering texts and emails late at night. And if they didn't, they felt it might be a, a mark against them. So mm. it created this vicious cycle of, of anxiety between the leader and, and the direct report. Yes, I've seen people having Zoom meetings all on the weekends at night. Yes. <laughs> you have a family. Yes. I'm like, you're having Zoom meetings on Saturday <laughs> afternoon, and you just had a meeting last right. night at 9 o'clock. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, what? Mm-hmm. So I, I see what you're saying. And can't that produce a lot of stress and frustration? And what about the workplace balance? You know, work-life balance, right? Exactly. Exactly. There were no boundaries. Everything was mm. blurred between work and life, and it did, and it, it did create a lot of stress. And, and Monique, what's so interesting is not like uh, leaders were really trained on how to deal with this during the COVID uh, mm-hmm. you know, situation and the challenges presented. So uh, it's interesting. It's like new things are coming forth that really magnify those kind of flaws and weaknesses in ourselves, right? Yes, it, it most certainly did. And now I think there's a lot more awareness that mm-hmm. is there. And as yes. employers try to create what the new work-life balance will be and what will the return to work be like and what is the hybrid model, there's yes. a lot more thought now being put into this. And employees are actually being consulted now to, to, so that leaders can find out what they want, what makes them feel safe, what makes them feel secure. And I think before COVID, employees many times didn't have a voice. They weren't asked these things. Maybe in certain companies or in certain company cultures, that was already the culture. But it has really changed, I think, for the betterment of the employees now. Mm, And to have experts like you. Wow, what a joy. (laughs) What a joy. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I recall in my career doing uh, workshops on workplace balance and did a lot of wellness uh, training for counselors because that was my field. And uh, but it's like it's kind of moved up to another level with all the losses and the stresses that people are dealing with in their personal life. Right. Yes, Yes, exactly. And for me, I had to, coming from a background of my own trauma, I had to make sense of that for myself. And the way I made sense of my own trauma and so that it was not a wasted experience is to use those skills to work with people like this, to work with leaders and help them recognize these things and help them recognize these behaviors and these dysfunctional behaviors in the workplace. And so for me, it's very fulfilling because I feel like I'm able to take my, what, what I originally thought was this awful childhood experience or experiences, multiple, and use them in a positive way to help other people. 
Wow, so important using your experience of being authentic because you've been through it and having the empathy and compassion to work with leaders in your uh, coaching and expertise in the workplace. And uh, before we go uh, into a commercial break, we'll go in shortly, but can you introduce us to what a psychological, what does a a, a psychologically safety uh, environment safe environment look like with the team? Psychological safety is about employees feeling safe, feeling valued, being acknowledged, feeling comfortable speaking up, feeling comfortable making mistakes, displaying their unique talents without being ridiculed. And it's a, it's a manager's responsibility to provide this. So, if it shows up, if there if there is high if, if there is high psychological safety on a team, it will show up with high productivity, lots of collaboration and creativity, uh, brainstorming, people voicing their opinions, healthy conflict because there is healthy conflict, um, respectful disagreements with the manager. So when there's no psychological safety, those things are not present. That is amazing. You gave us, the, you know, that those comments in a nutshell, what it feels like to work in a psychologically safe environment. And what does it what does it look like when it's not? Because we really want more engagement and collaboration and more than more now than ever before. People want to be seen and heard. So, Monique, we're, uh, and to our listeners, it's time for us to take a short commercial break, so don't go away. We'll be right back with more on creating psychological safety in the workplace with our amazing guest and expert, Monique Deneau, founder of MD Consulting, Building Better Leaders Worldwide, and author. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Announcing Dr. Jean-Marie Farish's new book, Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations. This is the companion piece to Dr. Farish's best-selling book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being. Through the new book, we invite you to cultivate a lifestyle of love through daily devotional practices over a 21-day period following nine ingredients in the recipe of love. Love Mastery Devotion Journal 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations is available on Amazon.com and Balboa Press. Jean Marie Farish's Center for Conscious Loving, LLC, cultivates a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through personal growth, altruistic services, and speaking engagements. Resources include classes, workshops, life care coaching, and creative service projects with an emphasis on cultural arts. Visit the website at Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. That's Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. Or click the link on the Love Light Show page. Best selling authors international, news honors best selling authors around the globe. Dr. Jean Marie Farish is featured in the newly released issue of Published Magazine. To have first access to this treasured resource, go to PublishedMagazine.com. Vicki Winterton and Dr. Jean Marie Farish have compiled a dynamic book, We're All In This Together, Embrace One Another, an anthology with 24 highly diverse co-authors 
who share how to spread the message of love, resilience, inclusivity, and compassion. This book is an invaluable source of uplifting, inspiring, and positive insights for spreading positivity in the world. We're all in this together. Embrace One Another is available on Amazon.com. Be sure to get your copy today. Dr. Jean Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change. And flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love and enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. Ascension expert Judy Satori's Ascension Library will activate your true soul and human potential. Access a selection of audio-based meditations, energy transmissions, and live-streamed video events. Transform your reality with popular programs such as The Transcripts of Mary Magdalene for heart-opening, beautiful, to radiate your inner beauty and the body balancing and physical regeneration pathway to become more energized, ignite your spark, and live a life of passion and purpose. Explore membership options to activate a five-day free trial. Visit ascensionlibrary.org. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Jean at Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back to Love Light, Living in the Spirit of Love. And if you're just joining us, we're with our amazing guest, Monique Denault. She's the author. She's the founder of uh, MD Consulting, Building Better Leaders and uh, Worldwide. She's on our show today. Uh, uh, she's a, a seasoned human resource uh, consultant and expert in the field of uh, executive coaching, and she's on our show today to talk about creating psychological safety in the workplace. And Monique, thank you so much for really sharing your experience as to what motivated you to help executives and leaders in the workplace. You know, what a toxic workplace looks like, what it feels like, and what people need. And you shared some of the issues that are more relevant now more than ever before as a result of the COVID challenges in the workplace. So, Monique, thank you so much. And um, uh, tell us a little bit more about the strategies that you use in working with people. I've been able to, over the course of decades, working with people on psychological safety, I've been able to compile strategies that seem to work really well if leaders implement them how they can develop better psychological safety on their teams. Some leaders don't have any psychological safety and others have, there's various degrees. So many of the leaders I coach now are really, really interested in how they can enhance this 
on their teams. So I've come up with about 15 different strategies that are really helpful to leaders. I've put this in a checklist, which I'm happy to send to your listeners afterwards if they want to reach out to me, but I'm going to go through about five of them today just so that leaders can get an idea of some things they can do immediately with their team to create more psychological safety. The first one is for the leader to actually admit that they do not have all the answers. Now, many times psychological safety is limited because the leader thinks that they have to know the answers and solve the problem. So the leader does not open up the team environment to where it's collaborative. The leader comes in, gives the answer to the problem, tells people what they need to do, and and that's it. But leaders really need to admit that they don't have all the answers, and they actually don't need to have the answers. The, the big aha moment for many leaders that I coach is when they realize it's not their job to be the problem solver. It's their job to facilitate the problem-solving process. And that's huge. They really need to take a hands-off approach, yet stay actively engaged when they're working with their teams. That sends the message to the team that they welcome input, they welcome ideas, they welcome solutions from others. And that's part of psychological safety is where people feel like they, they can give their opinion, they can give their input, They can take part in brainstorming and collaborating, Mm, but that doesn't happen if a leader comes in with, you know, knowing or pretending to know all the answers. So that's the first thing that a leader can do immediately. Also, it's a shift in mindset for the leader. The other really important component is that when a leader makes a mistake, they need to admit it. And they need to really own up to it in front of the team. Mm, it's very yes. humbling. It makes the leader it's, it makes the leader feel very vulnerable. But again, part of having psychological safety on a team is that the team members need to know it's okay to make a mistake and that they can make a mistake and they won't necessarily get fired. So, can I make a comment? Models, here? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Go ahead. Yes. I was thinking about, uh, I've been reading a lot, and of course, as we talk about love and humility, there's a lot out about humility and leadership. So I thank you for bringing that up. So continue, (laughs) continue on. Yes, yeah, I'm glad glad you did make that point. The the leader must model the behavior that they want from the team. It it starts with the leader. And in in the book that I've just finished that we'll talk about in the last Mm -hmm. segment, It's really about how a leader can be a better leader and then model that behavior for the rest of the team. So it's the same when a mistake has been made. The leader needs to own up to it, own up to their faults, and commit to making things right. That's the next part is, okay, you've made a mistake. Now what do you need to do to fix it? So if a team sees that, they will get the message that it's it's okay to make a mistake. The important thing is how do you do it right? How do you do it better next time? Yes, yes. So that's the second important point. Um, the third is 
to, for a leader to be very transparent about the areas where they are growing. Now, in, in my work, we have the leaders send out assessments to collect feedback about themselves. So they send out, it's called a 360 assessment, where they can send it to multiple people and gather feedback about people's opinion of them. It all comes back anonymously, so they, know, they don't know who said what. And we go through it in a coaching session. We debrief their assessment. And in those assessments, my clients hear what people really think of them. And they mm. target areas of growth. Because people, if it's anonymous, people will usually be pretty honest and, and say what's on their mind. So my clients and I look at this feedback and it might say, you know, that this leader doesn't communicate well or this, this leader is micromanaging. So there's all kinds of feedback in these 360 assessments. And what my clients have done that is absolutely amazing for leaders is that they have decided to share their assessments, to share the results mm. of their team mm. and to, to really be open and transparent about the areas where they need to grow the comments that they Beautiful. received. Now, they Beautiful. might not share specific details. They might uh, create like a summary of what these things were, but they do this to be fully transparent with their team. And I've had clients really go above and beyond by doing this because it's very terrifying for them. As a leader, you know, we're talking about vice presidents, senior vice presidents who have yes. a team underneath them, and now they're going to be vulnerable and share the comments that they got from everyone else that tells them they might not be a good communicator or they might be micromanaging. It's terrifying, but they step out of their comfort zone, which is what coaching helps them do, and share this with their teams. So again, they're modeling the behavior that we all need to grow we all have areas that are blind spots that we need to work on. And no, nobody's perfect, not even a senior leader. So if a leader can get to that point and share things like that, share areas of their, their growth and their development, it will go a long way to foster psychological safety. Monique, that is beautiful. And I like to just make a comment based on the third point there. Uh, we all have blind spots. And, uh, you know, what you mentioned about, you know, this fear of making mistakes that, you know, we have and uh, being transparent requires that degree of vulnerability, a certain amount of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. But we're all growing and we're all changing. We're all learning. And what you're saying that using these strategies where you can share evaluations or, 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 or you mm -hmm. know, really, you know, learn about you know, how people what people think about your leadership, how your leadership really makes me feel, really. <laughs> and to make the workplace yes. more more engaging, more trans. Wow, I'm just relaxed with you sharing that. <laughs> you know, I feel that sense of, wow, this, this is so important for the leader and the worker. And leaders have such tremendous pressure on them. Yes. And much of it they put on themselves because... 
there's a perception that leaders need to be perfect. They need to have all the answers. They need to know how to solve every problem immediately when it happens. And yes. that's not the case. We are all human, and leaders just need to really step back and realize that they don't have to be perfect. It's the growth that they keep doing that that helps them. So they need to keep growing, and they don't have to have all the answers. So by being transparent about that in a team goes a really long way. And it, it ties into this next one, this fourth strategy about practicing open-mindedness. Mm. Now, in a team, one of the things that is, when there's a lack of psychological safety, there's very little engagement, very little creativity or brainstorming or collaboration. And many times when there's lack of psychological safety, if someone has an idea, it gets shot down right away. So, a leader can practice open-mindedness and use that in a team when someone has an idea. It's critical that the leader not shoot down the idea and encourage others to not shoot it down, but instead to ask questions and listen. And this is where active listening skills really comes into play, that it Someone may have an idea and, and people are kind of shaking their heads like, no, that might, that's not going to work. But instead of saying that, ask more questions about the idea. Get the team to engage and open up and try to learn more about the idea instead of shooting it down. So there, there's always multiple perspectives to an idea. And a leader really can model that behavior by being open-minded. So as you see, most of these strategies so far involve the leader, like things that the leader themselves have to change or can alter versus, you know, what does the team need to do differently? It starts with the leader. Mm, and modeling, um, as you say it. I love that. Yes, Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yes, and modeling it. Um, and and the, the fifth one is to foster a growth mindset with team culture. And to look at every situation or problem as an opportunity to grow. Like, how can the team grow from this? Okay, this is mm-hmm. what happened, and it might not be good, might not have looked good or went over very well. But how can we take away some lessons learned from that so that every problem and everything that happens that could be perceived as a negative thing can actually have a positive spin on it? And how can the team grow from that? And it, it kind of ties back into when, when mistakes happen, but when they do happen or when initiatives do not go as planned, how can you find the gem in that that can be used going forward? And many times I coach leaders to conduct what's called a lesson learned meeting or an after action review. And it, it's a process where the whole team collaborates and analyzes what happened what can be done differently next time? So it fosters a, a growth mindset for the team. It encourages collaboration and engagement. Wonderful. So that was five, and I don't know how much time we have left. I can go over more, but I know you also have more questions. So um, the, the rest of them, though, can be obtained um, by contacting me. Okay, and we'll we'll share more with the listeners as we move toward that last segment. But one of the things that I want you to highlight, you talk about 
helping leader helping intentional leaders heal trauma, core pain issues that manifest in the workplace. Can you uh, share? And I think you work with other professionals, right? And helping executives and yeah. leaders. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because a lot of things are, you know, uh, unconscious and you know that influence mm-hmm. our everyday behaviors. And one of the things that you know, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, as we, uh, as you talk about this, is even inclusive leadership. Uh, have you had the experience of leaders dealing with unconscious as well as conscious bias uh, issues against, uh, you know, with with workers? So, uh, just take it away and sh- share with us how you help intentional leaders deal with trauma and core pain issues. Yes, and that's. That's such an important question because many of the leaders that I work with have either been traumatized in their early life as a child or they've been traumatized in the workplace by the dysfunctional behavior and the micro traumas in the workplace. And many of them have not dealt with that trauma, just like me when I entered the workplace at age 22. So some of them have not dealt with it. Others have, but not completely. And they find that they are still being triggered by that. So in coaching, they come to me with, with maybe a, an issue that they have a, a boss that's been micromanaging them. That could be the, the issue. And they want to understand how to deal with the boss. What should the boss do to change? So as we unpack that, as we do in coaching, because we do a deep dive into all of these issues to get below the surface, we deep dive and I ask as a coach a lot of open-ended questions and and try to get them to to be more clear on things. But if, if they're being triggered by a boss that micromanages, many times in coaching, it will come out that they might have had a, a controlling parent. Yes. And maybe it, it escalated into other things, maybe abuse, maybe not, but that was never dealt with by this leader. And now this leader is being triggered by a boss that seems to be controlling and micromanaging. So many times they don't connect the dots. They're thinking initially that it's their boss that has to change something, which could be true. But it's also something within them that they might need to deal with. So a lot of times in coaching, things will come up about past trauma, and I'm not a therapist, so I have to stay within the framework of coaching. I cannot go outside of that framework. So when something like that comes up, and when I see that a client is visibly upset about something that just occurred to them about their past, I can make a referral to to a therapist, not a specific therapist, but I can recommend that they look into therapy to deal with the, the past part, the past trauma. And then in the meantime, while they're working with a therapist, they're still working with me on the very practical day-to-day issues that are happening in the workplace with this boss of theirs that is micromanaging because that is still happening. So while they're working with a therapist on their past, They're working with me on how can they better manage this boss? What kind of conversation do they need to have with this boss about Mm -hmm. this boss's behavior? So they're dealing with the day-to-day practical things with me as a coach. 
And, mm-hmm. and that way it's still uh, helping them to handle the, the current dynamic while they're mm-hmm. looking into things with a therapist. Wow. They're getting the best of both. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I think we're up for a brief commercial break again, so don't go away. We will be right back with more on creating psychological safety in the workplace with our amazing guest and expert, Monique Denal. She's author, seasoned executive coach, and human resources professional, founder of MD Consulting, building better leaders worldwide. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Vicki Winterton and Dr. Jean-Marie Farish have compiled a dynamic book, We're All In This Together, Embrace One Another, an anthology with 24 highly diverse co-authors who share how to spread the message of love, resilience, inclusivity, and compassion. This book is an invaluable source of uplifting, inspiring, and positive insights for spreading positivity in the world. We're All In This Together, Embrace One Another is available on Amazon.com. Be sure to get your copy today. Ascension expert Judy Satori's Ascension Library will activate your true soul and human potential. Access a selection of audio-based meditations, energy transmissions, and live-streamed video events. Transform your reality with popular programs such as The Transcripts of Mary Magdalene for heart-opening, beautiful, to radiate your inner beauty and the body balancing and physical regeneration pathway to become more energized. Ignite your spark and live a life of passion and purpose. Explore membership options to activate a five-day free trial. Visit ascensionlibrary.org. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change and flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love and enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. Announcing Dr. Jean-Marie Farish's new book, Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations. This is the companion piece to Dr. Farish's best-selling book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being. Through the new book, we invite you to cultivate a lifestyle of love through daily devotional practices over a 21-day period following nine ingredients in the recipe of love. Love Mastery Devotion Journal 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations is available on Amazon.com and Balboa Press. Jean Marie Farish's Center for Conscious Loving, LLC, cultivates a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through personal growth, altruistic services, and speaking engagements. Resources include classes, workshops, life care coaching, and creative service projects with an emphasis on cultural arts. Visit the website at Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. That's Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. Dot com, or click the link on the Love Light show page. Best-selling authors international news honors best-selling authors around the globe. Dr. Jean Marie Farish is featured in the newly released issue of Published Magazine. To have first access to this treasured resource, go to PublishedMagazine.com. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Jean at Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Well, welcome back to Love Light, Living in the Spirit of Love. If you're just joining us, we're with our amazing guest and expert, Monique Denault. She's an author, founder of MD Consulting, Building Better Leaders Worldwide, seasoned executive coach and human resources professional on our show today, creating psychological safety in the workplace. And Monique, thank you for those five tips that you shared earlier and uh, for leaders admitting when they're wrong, making, mis- learn, you know, that you're capable of making mistakes and admit it. And we talked about how that impacts humility and leadership uh, to be better leaders, how to be transparent, uh, uh, being open-minded, fostering a growth mindset with the team, so much more. Uh, uh, Monique, is there... Uh, what can I say? Any takeaways, final takeaways that you would like to, you know, give our listeners and maybe a, a, a success story uh, as we move toward looking at the services that you provide? The biggest takeaway is self-awareness. It is really important for a leader to be aware of their blind spots, which coaching helps them with that. And then to be willing to work on those blind spots. And one great example I have is that I, I had a leader come to me and his goal was to turn around his underperforming team. Now, that statement makes it sound like, again, the team is, the problem sits with the team. They're not performing. Mm-hmm. So once I asked some deeper questions and unpacked it a little bit, it turned out that this leader never provided constructive feedback to any mm. of his direct reports. And he ended up sharing that when he was younger, he was constantly berated in mm. his family and that it also happened to him in the workplace. So he actually felt guilty giving any type of feedback to his direct reports. And because of that, the team could not improve and it was affecting their productivity. They, they couldn't improve because they didn't know they needed to. They didn't know their blind spots because they weren't getting feedback from their manager. So, again, this person started working with a therapist on the past, but I worked with him within the scope of coaching, and we came up with some strategies and techniques about how he could give meaningful feedback to his team. And we role-played this because this happens a lot in coaching where we role-play and I help them prepare for the conversation because he was terrified to give feedback. Hmm. And he practiced it and had a huge success by conducting one-to-one meetings with each of his direct reports where he gave feedback, some positive, some constructive, but it was the first time ever as a leader, that he had done that. And, and it's a leader's job to do this, but he had never done it. 
So we, he shared with me later on that within six weeks, his team's productivity jumped 50%. Wow. Amazing. And it was just because he made that shift in his behavior and started providing very necessary and very important feedback. So what started out to where he was telling me it was a problem with the team ended up being a behavioral gap with him. And once he shifted and stretched himself and practiced this new behavior, it had an amazing impact on the team and the productivity. And Monique, I would... Awareness is extremely important. Yes, and I would uh, surmise, and correct me if I'm wrong, that this will transfer to all aspects of your life and relationships. Yes, that's such an important <laughs> point. Yes, yeah, the beauty these of it. skills, and I, and I, yes, and I've written about this in my book. These skills can very, very clearly translate over to other types of relationships outside of work. So wow. it's critical that that people understand their gaps, have a self awareness enough to to get support through either a coach or a therapist or a mentor and start working on their blind spots because it has an amazing impact. It has a, a trickle-down trickle effect on other people that you're influencing. Mm, yes. So tell us more about your services and your books and resources for listeners to access. I provide one-to-one executive coaching. So this is just me and the leader. And this is remotely. So this is through phone or, or video. And I also provide HR consulting. And this is for HR leaders really to help them identify the bigger issues in the workplace. And then I release a lot of free content, actually, and micro trainings and blogs and videos on my website, which is mdconsultingglobal.com. I've also written three books. The most recent one that I've just finished, is, I'm pitching it to publishers now. I've decided not to self-publish, so I'm looking to publish traditionally, so I'm pitching it to publishers, but it is called Leading in Captivity, A Survival mm. Guide for Corporate Leaders, and so that's got a lot of great content in it, some of which we've talked about today. So that's the majority of what I offer, the coaching, the HR consulting, and then a lot of content that is free just from going to my website. You know, I love that title of your book, <laughs> Leading in <laughs> Captivity, because when we're not free and we have all of this yeah. emotional baggage and trauma, you you can't really be free in your life, whether it's at work or your personal life or whatever. So I love that title, Leading right. in Captivity, a survival yeah. guide for corporate executives. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, so good luck very, with your book. Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah, the title was really, I got the idea yeah. from the people that I coach and from the way I felt in the corporate world when I first started there. You're, you're somewhat held captive through what happens in the workplace if it's a dysfunctional environment and, and also by not healing from your own trauma, you're holding yourself captive. And it, it yes. really impacts negatively in the workplace. And you could be inadvertently contributing to the dysfunction in mm-hmm. the workplace by not working on your own trauma. 
Right. It speaks volumes. So listeners can access mm-hmm. the uh, information you shared earlier on the website, right? Yes. Yes. Which okay. is mdconsultingglobal.com. All right. Well, thank you so much, Monique, for joining us today. And we certainly have to have you back. <laughs> Thanks to you for all you do to build better leadership work worldwide. And thank you for the awareness that you shared, uh, how we can become intentional leaders, heal trauma, you know, and how this can transfer to other areas of our life. And we uh, uh, invite listeners to tune in on demand to hear these empowering points and messages shared by Monique. Thank you so much for being here today. Jean, this was a wonderful experience. And I just want to remind your listeners that there's the checklist of the five strategies that I gave out. There's 15 of them. You can email me at Monique at mdconsultingglobal.com, and I'll be happy to send you the entire checklist. All right. Thank you so much. And thanks for your generosity. Don't hesitate, listeners, to go deeper with Monique. Uh, You don't have to suffer and be uh, in your quagmire of all this, this trauma or unresolved baggage and unresolved grief. Get help now and get in touch with Monique. Thank you so much. So, uh, visitors, uh, listeners, we'd like for you to Uh, Visit the blog page of my website for your weekly love practice, www.jeanfarrisjourney.com, and my website, jeanmariefarrisconsciousloving.com. We'd like to thank our uh, uh, Voice America team for making our show a reality and for shining their love light around the world. Uh, You know, work provides so many opportunities for us to be creative, to express ourselves and connect with others. And as Buddha quotes, your work is to discover your work and then with all your heart, give yourself to it. And we can do that when we have resolved this this baggage and unresolved trauma that we uh, go through in our daily lives. Uh, I'd like for you to access my uh, article that I recently published in Savannah East, How to Empower Yourself in the Workplace, where I highlight building connections, sharing your voice, uplifting others, and celebrating success. I'm Dr. Jean Marie, your host, coming to you from Voice America. And until we meet again, remember, an empowered self is a loving self. And keep your love light shining. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for listening to Love Light This Week. Be sure to join Dr. Jean Marie Farish again for another program next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a wonderful week filled with love, self-worth, and better connections.